Oh, hey, you made it. We weren't sure anyone was able to get the broadcast. We found this huge vault full of cool things from before the event. Yeah, do you want to come check it out? Hello again, everyone. We did it. Welcome. Episode two. Episode two. We made two. it. It's so hard to after after your premiere to, to make a second one, as all these long dead podcasts you can see on uh, iTunes. Yeah, all the podcasts committing suicide at episode 20, 27. <laughs> Scott, it's uh, a rough just, time. Yeah, I hope we I hope we make it past that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this is episode two of uh, Don't Go Outside. Uh, my name is Patch. My name's Robin. And uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about some of the cool shit we've been uh, that's been keeping us indoors mm. this week. Uh, yeah, um, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. Like, I wanted to talk about a couple of things in retrospective. Well, one of them is the big topic of the week, um, the past two weeks. Yeah, should we just dive straight into No Man's Sky? Let's do it, I'm excited. Um, I've not played it, but um, I've seen so much. It's been taking up a lot of my time for a game that I have not played. <laughs> it's been, it seems to be taking up a lot of everyone's time, regardless of if they've played it or not. Yeah. So, No Man's Sky is a game we talked about last week on the show, um, and at the time of recording, I hadn't actually played at this point. It wasn't out. It wasn't out. Um, now I have, I own it, it's in my possession, I've, I've put in a number of hours, and there's been outrage upon outrage upon outrage about it. Um, I think that's it's fair. It's been very entertaining. It's I, been I just to say. sit back in my chair and I just scroll through the internet and I'm like, oh, you guys. You guys. You never feel, you never feel to entertain me with your absolute unbridled rage over <laughs> just people just trying to make, do something nice for yeah. you. I, I do understand. Like, like most things you see on the internet, both sides of the argument do actually have reasonable things to say. However, that's not what most people say. Like, yeah. While right, so the people who enjoy the game, um, my, my, I would say I, myself included in this this group, say if the game was just to be judged on its own merits, on what the the thing was at release, it's a good game. It's a judge good game. It, you're enjoying it. Judge it on that. That's fun. But the opposite camp are saying, well, there was a lot of features alluded to and promised. Mm that were not delivered on release. And they're calling that this was false advertisement and that lies were lies were told. Well, that's the, the, the camp that I've been hearing most from. Um, and it, it obviously, like, people never put it in that reason, those reasonable terms. Mm. It's either, oh my God, they're liars, the game's shit, it's terrible. Mm. And the people who enjoy the game go, oh, it's the best thing in the world. It's like no, no one can actually just talk reasonably. No, that's the thing about the internet. No one talks reasonably. They all sit in their man caves, building <laughs> robots, getting angry at uh, at video games. You've done it again. Yeah, this is the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do it every week. I'm gonna try and foreshadow our topic of the week. Oh, exciting! Um, which you will find out what it is in uh, about an hour. Or or if you actually read the description of the podcast, it'll be in there. Yeah. But yeah, regardless, um, I saw a very fair assessment of the whole situation by Total Biscuit. I mean, it, like, I'm not a PC gamer at all, mm. but it's like, the man is just so straight down the line. I mean, for a situation like No Man's Sky, because he does a, a, it's like a 40 minute video on it, and mm. about like the various things that went on, the history of how this, this came to be, and uh, it's just a very fair assessment of the whole situation. Mm. Um, and 
more or less his opinion is that the blame falls mainly on the grounds of the games media. Yeah. Um, they, the like, hype machine. The hype machine. Because yeah. it's like, and he, he did point out, and it's like, when you, you didn't, I didn't think about this at the time, but it's like, it was pretty ridiculous that three years ago people were writing articles about this game saying it's the most amazing thing in the entire world. Yeah, it's... It, like, that's preposterous. Three years before release is not a time to judge a game. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I can't believe it's been three years. Well, one of the points he makes is whatever was released would never have been enough. It would always yeah. have fallen short of the, the hype that was generated. And he also makes a very good point about um, the fact that it actually fulfills two genres that people are actually looking to be fully realised in the mm. survival genre and in the spacefaring genre. Yeah. Like, these are both things that, like, there's not very many good games for these things. And people no. are hoaching, desperate for. They just really games want to get this, out and explore genres. space. Because. Yeah. I, do you know what it is? I think the mindset is that for us as a civilization, space travel is a very real possibility in the near future, but not near enough for our generation. Yeah. I feel. I have this feeling that I just want to. We're so close. You know, we're so close. Like, science is just on the cusp of just getting out. We've almost got a, a commercialized space travel. Yeah. Uh, people, uh, not, uh, space agencies are really just wanting to get to Mars. Obviously, there won't be a manned mission to Mars for for like hundred hundred odd years, mm-hmm. but we're just on the edge. And I think our generation is just eager to have some space exploration stuff to fill that 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 gap in our uh, in our lives. Uh, no, I would agree with that. Cause it's like um, I think exploration is one of these things that we find very exciting. As, mm. a, a, as this this particular part of time in human history, because um, although yes, it can be argued there's still plenty to explore. Like well, I mean the ocean, um, the, the the ocean. I mean um, microscopy, uh, lots of things. But in the real tangible sort of large scale sense of like you're either hacking through a bush in the undergrowth to find Aztec ruins that have never been found before. Yeah, like that doesn't happen. We've done that. Yeah. And, you know, the very tangible idea of like, oh, I'm going on my starship to go to a place that has never been gone before. That's also tangible and large, but it's not possible. Both of these things are out of our reach yeah. in different different directions. We're at a weird place in our in our point in, the, in human history. Yeah. Where so, all the, everything in the world's been discovered, pretty much. And we just, we're just bored. Yeah. We sit around getting fat in our man caves, build robots. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and just wait for the day that we can take those robots to space and smash rocks. <laughs> smash rocks. Smashing asteroids. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> I can understand both sides of the argument, but it's like I was quite cynical about the game from the start mm-hmm. um, when I saw the release footage because I was like, this is procedurally generated and it does not look procedurally generated. Oh, they like the promo stuff yeah. with the uh, the fantastic uh, giant dinosaurs yeah. and, the, and the birds flying. And I was like, sky. this doesn't look procedurally generated, yeah. so I'm not gonna. It, it, this this means nothing to me at okay. this point. This, yeah. this now means nothing. It's more of just a concept. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know if this made it into the final edit last last week or not, but um, I do think it's like we're paying a lot for a, we're paying full price for a tech demo. But mm-hmm. it's that's some that's a hit I'm willing to take. I want to pay play that pet tech demo. Well, it know? shows that people are willing yeah. to play that type of game. 
It's true. People are eager for it. So hopefully, like we said last week, I think we had a, we had a huge discussion last week about developing that genre. You yeah. don't need to go into it again. Go listen to the last episode if you didn't before. <laughs> we have a big game development meeting about uh, making uh, games great again. Um, Make games great again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think it shows that people are eager to play that type of game. Yeah. So this is the stepping stone to greater things. And I think the the uh, ungrateful screaming by, by the, the minority... Is a really dampened. It's, like, it's not things. even. I don't even think it's ungrateful. It's like, it's weird because. Is it mis- a misunderstanding? It's like, it's like people didn't even want the game to succeed, you know. Mm. It's it's really it's really odd. Some of the like bile and, and fury I've seen and scorn I've seen poured on it poured on the game. It's like they won't even accept the the areas where it did succeed. It's like yeah. because this wasn't an absolute resounding success. Because it wasn't. I can exactly only what accept that it's a total failure. Yeah. And it's just uh, it's really odd. It's like, and again, Total Biscuit makes a point about anti fans. Mm-hmm. Like these people are just as bad for the discussion as people who are fanatic about something. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's weird, and you do see this crop up. It's like people who are just so desperate to be contrary, um, and have the op- opposite opinion, the antagonizing opinion. Yeah. I mean, we were literally just talking about this off air. Yeah. We Some were. sometimes just I'll spout an opinion, and I realize oh, I just say this just to just to annoy people, <laughs> just to just upset people, uh, and I don't even realize I'm doing it. It's weird. So I don't know if uh, just a problem. A well, lot of it is. I don't know. I think it can be slightly cathartic mm. to be antagonistic. I think it's a need to start an argument. Yeah. I need to have some kind of conversation where you can just. Rather than have an argument, you can be like, well, you know, maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be. Hmm. Whereas usually I just say, well, I think it's shit. Yeah. And it makes you mad. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. diminutive. And it's... I'm trying to do it less. Yeah. I'm trying to do it less because it's, uh, I don't know, while it's fun to troll, I feel that maybe it might be even better to have a nice conversation on a podcast with my friend Robin. <laughs> when I'm not fighting off hordes of raiders and zombies. I like to sit down and listen to a good old-fashioned episode of the Don't Go Outside podcast. Like, it's good that you're enjoying it, because as you said, you kind of see it for what it is. Yeah. You're not, like, expecting anything more out of it. Yeah. I think... uh, I think the idea of healthy anticipation has fallen out of favour a lot because of Mm. the internet hype machine, you know? Yeah. Like... Suicide Squad's a prime example from what we talked about last week. Um, people are just ready to not yeah, like it. People were ready to not like it and ready to love it and fall in love with it. Whereas yeah. me and you, although it kind of came across uh, as we talked about it, it wasn't a good film and neither of us enjoyed it. But it like, won my me round. My heart wasn't broken, you no, know? <laughs> like it kind of won me round by the end of it. So I was going in with it rather than being ready for it to suck. I was like, oh, this could be all right. Yeah. But it turned out it was shit, so, you know. But it's the way it goes. Yeah. I think having like... You can be excited about something, but don't invest your whole life into it. Yeah. Um, life's too short. Life life is too yeah. short to spend three years anticipating a game and then hating it when it comes out. Yeah. So that's, life's way too short for that, man. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, uh, if you're going to spend that amount of time on anything, spend it on actually becoming some kind of... Games developer and then making games your own games. Games developer, make your own game. Do it yourself. <laughs> Goodness sake. I know we're both saying that, but neither of us have any talent to do that whatsoever. I don't want to. Yeah. I'm perfectly happy with the games I'm playing. I know. I even play really old games, like uh, like Batman Arkham City. Is that what you want to talk about? Yeah, I, I played it again this week. That's, that, 
Um, just to preface this chat, I mean, we're kind of just completely role reversal here because I've never played any of those games. No? No. Oh, they're very, very good. None of those well, Batman, that series the of The first games. two are very, very good. Okay, let's hear about it. Uh, so, Batman Arkham City, it's been out for ages. It's hardly a, a hot button topic like No Man's <laughs> Sky. I just, I just, I could just talk for ages about it. So, I'm going to. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, it was cheap on Steam. Figured why not? I really want to just punch some guys in the face and swoop about in a big swooshy cape. The cape from from the stuff I've seen, like the videos and the gifs of Batman. The yeah. cape is cool. It's good. It's it just got the such, cape down. Yeah, it's just and the combat, like while it is very simple, it just works. It's a very simple system. Hey, it's can, a simple combat that works is not a negative thing. Yeah, there's at most you need, at the very least, it's two buttons. Yeah, what one finger death punch. Uh, I've not played it. Uh, is it One Finger Death Punch? Something like that. Uh, uh-huh. Link in the show notes. And uh, yeah, there's there's a string of simple games that use the exact, what you just said, two-button mechanics. Yeah. But anyway, go on. Uh, yeah, no, I just think it holds up still. It's yeah. been out since 2013. I play, I play it quite a lot. It's one of those games that I'll go back to every now and again. Uh, just to soak in just the, the classic... Batman vibes because I was a bit on a bit of a downer from Suicide Squad I'll be honest I was yeah. like ah DC though I mean they are good they can be really really good so that was one DC thing I, I did this week was play Arkham City uh, did a just replayed the story I'm more kind of speed running it now because I know it so well which I've never never do that with games I don't complete games very often as much as I play them I'm not very good at them <laughs> um, so when I find a game that I can play easily it's great the story is you know good it's a yeah. good Batman story um, Joker is fantastic it's Mark Hamill reprising his role as the Joker uh, there's a big old twist at the end which I know is coming and I'm still like oh, it's, it's just so well executed yeah it's that's good. a it's good a thing game. a well executed twist it can, never gets old it, yeah it can take being spoiled yeah it's um, it's one of the things I've always thought about spoilers in general. It's like, see if the plot can't support you being spoiled, then it's yeah. If the build up to the twist yeah. is good enough, then it's fine. Yeah, because you can be like, oh, this happens. Um, yeah, so it's good. Just exploring Arkham City again. Mm-hmm. I completed it in about six hours, so now I'm at the stage. It's one of those open world games where when you complete the story, there's like not much to do. Yeah. So you just kind of swoop around. You pick up little trophies kind of scan scan for crimes so so the other uh, DC media that I took in I can't remember how much of my flash rant made the last episode of the podcast I think almost none of it yeah uh, that was uh, we were right at the tail end of the podcast I was tired I was trying to close up and I just got into a bit of a ramble about the flash and how to me he was one of the most interesting DC characters but I've never seen him in anything yet that makes me feel like what a guy mm. what a guy uh, so I'd heard the Flashpoint Paradox is very good so I gave that a watch uh, it's a little animated movie based on a comic book of the same name um, where the Flash somehow breaks the time space continuum by just going oh, so fast <laughs> I'm just gonna run so fast and he passes out <laughs> it's ridiculous like the thing is about the Flash stories it is just every, all his problems are just caused by him going just too fast <laughs> so he just runs really fast he passes out in the desert he wakes up and the world is just totally different the world's been turned on its head the Justice League has not been formed 
Aquaman and Wonder Woman are fighting a war. They're like, you know, they're pretty much two gods, essentially. So they're fighting each other. Fighting each other. A war against each other. The Amazons, uh, Wonder Woman, for those who don't know, she's basically like the queen of like a hidden kingdom of just Amazon women, uh, warrior women. They take over uh, the UK and part of France. Uh, Aquaman, he come, he rises up, takes over most of Europe. So they're in the middle of a war. Uh, I've so, totally got my money on Wonder Woman, by the way. Uh, well, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm still saying Wonder Woman. <laughs> but yeah, so it's really interesting because it kind of shows how um, if things were done slightly differently, this is how these characters would turn out. Superman is not in it at all, so he's not there to bind them all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman is uh, a totally different uh, person in, in more ways than one, you find out eventually. Oh. It's crazy. Like, just the, that reveal, which... I'm going to spoil it now, because if you've not seen it, you're probably not going to watch it. But do watch it, it's great. It's a big part of the story, I think. I'm going to watch it, but you can spoil it for me. I think it's as perfect. I've, as I've just said, I don't really mind about spoilers. But it's perfectly anymore. executed, in my mind anyway. And can we put in a spoiler warning? Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Flash... Uh, well, he's not called Flash. Uh, Barry Allen gets to... Um, Gets to Goth- goes to Gotham City. It's like, if there's one person who knows what's going on, it'll be Batman. Because he just knows. He's the world's greatest detective. If anyone's here, it'll be Bruce Wayne. Uh, so he tracks down Batman. Uh, he goes to Wayne Manor, which is abandoned. Hmm. Uh, no one's there. Alfred isn't around. He finds the Batcave and he gets uh, attacked by Batman. It's like... Get out of my ma- get out of my man cave. <laughs> there I go again. Get out of my man cave. I'm gonna build big robots. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it transpires that um, keeps calling him Bruce, and Batman says, "If you mention my son's name one more time, I'm gonna fucking kill you." Oh my god! It turns out it's Thomas Wayne. In that reality, um, Bruce Wayne gets shot by the mugger, and his parents go absolute nuts. So. I thought that was such an interesting take. That's really good. Because Batman's dad, well, Thomas Wayne, he yeah. is he is just... Essentially, he's Rick out of Rick and Morty, except just angry killer. He's got a hip flask on him at all times. He's got a pair of pistols. He's got really bright red eyes and, like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, that more, like, stubble, what do you call it? Uh, 5 a.m. shadow? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, oh, it's crazy. So he's still like really good Batman, but he's uh, just doesn't have Alfred, and he's really angry. He keeps he keeps the gun that was used to shoot his son in like a little uh, bell jar with a picture of his wife and his son next to it. It's oh, it's it's that's that was my favorite bit of the oh, whole that's thing. Great man, because essentially it's like listen, I come from a different reality where Bruce is alive, and I need to get back there. And basically, anyway, so that's all I'm going to say about it. Anything else would be. Huge spoilers. That sounds really great. But it's man. really good. Uh, all these, a lot of these DC animated movies are great. The re- the uh, animated versions of uh, Dark Knight Return Returns is good. Yeah. Uh, Year One is also fantastic. I recommend watching them all if you ever need a bit of just like good DC in your life. As I said, to basically cheer you up from Suicide Squad, <laughs> give it a go. I recommend it. Um, since and this is actually just pops in my head with you saying uh, Superman's not in it. Mm-hmm. Um. It made pop from my head um, Superman Red Sun. Oh, yes. Which is quite possibly my favourite comic of all time. I've not read it, but I know of it. Oh, it's incredible. So, um, it's a really simple premise, actually. 
Um, so instead of uh, Superman's escape pod landing in Kansas, mm-hmm. it's Kansas, yeah? Uh, I think so. I think it's yeah. Kansas. It, in, in Smallville States. somewhere. Um, it lands in Russia and um, they take it as property of the USSR. And then they raise Superman as the ideal communist. It's, it's such a good idea because it came out at a time where he was the ideal American. Like yeah. the true American hero. I just love it. It flips on its head. I love all that stuff. It's, like, oh, it's, and it's so good as well. And there's like a part in it. Um, I actually have not read it in a really long time. I need to reread it. Uh, there's a part in it when um, he needs to do a parade with Stalin. Mm-hmm. And um, he's doing the parade and he can constantly hear all this like terrible shit going on. Because obviously Superman, he can tell what's going on throughout the world. Yeah. And he's like, Stalin, I need to go. Like, I need to go save people. And he's like, no, you need to be here with me. Wow. Um, and it's, he's like, well, of course. Because he's he's, subs- he's like a... It's like a servant. He's, he's like, yeah. He's loyal to the state. Well, yeah, he's, he's you know, he, he's brainwashed by... Uh, okay. Uh, by communist ideals. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just, oh, man. Really, really, really good. Nice. I will take that out. Um, yeah, and he like uh, he's still friends with Wonder Woman and stuff, um, but then like oh, it's just brilliant. And cool. I would I would love to see a film made of this. Like yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised the way they they they're going with their with their movies. They're just making everything. Yeah, they just do it. Killing Joke just came out. It was not well yeah. received apparently, but I'm up for watching it. I would like to see no like a live action film of this. Oh um, yeah, but done in like a. Like an like an a proper Eastern European Russian style, okay. Like almost like um, black and white. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> With the, just a violin bit soundtrack. Too, bit too pretentious, but <laughs> um, I, I like like an old sort of like old cinema style. Oh God, I just think mm. there's so much that could be done with it. It'd be a silent movie. <sighs> wow, it's like it is like it's like it's a uh, communist Russian propaganda film. Yeah. But it turns it flips it on its head. Turns out he wants to. I don't know. I don't know the story, so I couldn't really say much about it. But. Yeah. So homework for next week. I won't review it next week, but I'll. I'll, I'll oh yeah, it. and Luther's a good guy, obviously. Yeah, a lot of these things. When Superman's these, not there, Luther's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. A lot of these alternate realities, Lex Luthor is just a good guy. Yeah. Which I think is quite interesting. Um. Well, non DC wise, there there has been a couple of games that have held my attention a little bit, and they've been mobile games. Oh, mobile games. Yeah, I've been playing Reigns recently. Reigns? Oh. Uh, it, it ha- it's one of these things that did become the internet's darling a little while within sort of like gaming, YouTube gamers mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's um, it's just a lovely little game. Like, I'm it, I'm always on the sort of lookout for games that actually use the mobile platform properly. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think the vast majority, and it is the vast majority of games, are just, they're not really using the fact that they're on this device. And they just tra- just translated yeah. onto like ports. Yeah, they're ports basically. Well, even though they might be mobile specific, it just feels like a port. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is it's so. Uh, I mean, uh, other games are like Downfall, which was a game which uh, you used one button to like jump and shoot your shoot guns out your boots. Right. Um, or uh, what was it? Ludicrous fishing, insane fishing. What's it called? I heard about that. Was it ludicrous fishing? Um, well, research it. We'll put a wee link in the we'll show notes. We'll put a link in the well, show notes. Link in, oh. so let's um, <laughs> I like that. Our answer. I'll oh, we'll just link it. You yeah, can read it. it's fine. Um, tell, tell me about this game, Robert. And that was just based on like a, a, a line drop mechanic. But Reigns is, um, was described as like 
a game based on Tinder mechanics. Okay. So, like, the mechanic of Tinder, if you were to think about it, is, like, you swipe left for no, you swipe right for yes. I think okay. that's it. Um, so, Reigns have built a game around this mechanic. Mm-hmm. And so, you play as a king, and you have to um, it last as a king for as long as possible. Okay. And so, it's also a deck-building game. It's just, it, it's a... It's a beautiful sort of relationship of mechanics that haven't been realized before. So okay. It's, it's a deck building game. It's a resource management game. And it's uh, this mechanical swipe choice game. So you'll be presented with a choice and it's on a card. Mm-hmm. And you can either say yes or you can say no. So it'll be like an aide to the king saying, oh, um, there's been an explosion in the mine. Should we evacuate the mines or keep mining? You can either say yes or no. Right. And there will be effects on your various resources. Now in the game you have church resource, you have people resource, you have military, and you have money. Okay. And if any of these reach zero or reach 100, then that's game over. Oh, so you can't even get no, 100? No, so you can't just like keep doing... You have to manage. Okay. So like, um, I think it's a, if the people get like 100, then they revolt. Oh, right. Okay. But if the people get zero, then they revolt. You know, something like that. Mm. Um... So every and every uh, choice that you're offered will have like positives and negatives. Mm. So you ha- it's trying to balance this, and it's also like um, as you go on, you'll be given unique things, and then that will add to the deck and add more cards and add more choices. Yeah. So as you play, there's the even though your characters will individually die, your kings will die. It's uh, like a roguelike almost, where you build up the pervasive elements. Um, but yeah, it's just a, just really nice. Mar- it sounds very interesting. It, it's really interesting. I just I've only, I saw it posted on Steam because it, it appeared on Steam at yeah. some point. I guess it must have done well enough. I would recommend getting it on the up. phone, man. I'm gonna pick. I mean, I have a new phone. I'm very excited about. Uh, I won't go into it. No, um, we're not in tech podcast as well. Nah. Well, um, we could branch into tech. Maybe future. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I'm just looking to fill it with all kinds of crap. So maybe I'll, this will be the first one. Um, I I would really recommend it. It's like a, and it's not. It's really cheap as well. Like yeah. I think it was like two ninety nine or something. Um, for the amount of content that's in it, uh, it really. I just, I just thought it was great. No little microtransactions. No. Spend five ninety nine to get one gold. Just a game. Cool. Just a game. Just a game. I like just um, a game. It actually reminded me, although the mechanics are slightly different, it reminded me of You Must Build a Boat. Did you play Remind this? me of that. The name rings a bell. You Must Build a Boat is, again, it's like one of these games that like marries up weird mechanics and then just works because it's on the mobile platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so You Must Build a Boat. Actually, I don't even know if this came out on mobile first, but I, I encountered it on mobile. So you have to build a boat. That's yeah. the objective. And you build a boat by going into dungeons and fighting stuff. Yeah. And it's a runner. Endless runner, but you're fighting stuff at the same time. Okay. And the way you execute attacks and spells and stuff is by matching, like like in a match three game. Uh, okay, all right. So, so like, be like, like symbols that pop up and you got to match yeah, them. Yeah, like a Candy Crush esque, if okay, or whatever the precursor to Candy Crush, because everyone hates Candy Crush. Yeah. Um, well, everyone hates King. Is it King that won Candy Crush? Yeah, King are uh, yeah, they're bad, vile. They're bad guys. Yeah, look into that. I'm not. We can't go. We can talk for. We could fill a whole other podcast with. King talk. And then they'd probably take us to court. You do the research. Um, So it's like a match three thing, and then you build up stats, and then you build up your boat, and then you move to different areas. Um, And it's like, uh, it's just great. And I think that you must build a boat 
is one of these games that are like unfolding games. Mm -hmm. Don't know if you've heard much about this. No. So these were uh, games that were sort of um, mainly defined by they start with a very limited set of mechanics. Then the more you play, the more mechanics that are offered to you. Okay, yeah, I think I know this. So there's games like, uh, I think the one that was most famous to me is A Dark Room. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, literally, as I remember, you open the game, and this is an ASCII game. So it's proper old school. Right. Um, And it's ASCII for anyone who doesn't know. It's just like literally symbols before even, before emoticons even. It's just symbols, DOS symbols. Um, And you're offered with two choices, which is like stoke the fire or collect firewood. Mm. That's all you can do. So it was like a text-based adventure game? Almost, but the thing is, this is what makes, what's wonderful about the game is like you click and that's it. Oh. And you keep clicking and then you need to click more to get more firewood and then you click more to stoke the fire. And eventually you'll be offered with a choice and then that choice will open up a new mechanic, Mm. probably involving clicking. And then that'll open another mechanic and then another mechanic. And then you play the game for long enough and you're like, oh my God, I've ended up accidentally having like trade mechanics and then platforming mechanics. Yeah, and you open things. up all these different and you things don't, you. you don't notice um, yeah. as, as the game unfolds. Um, ostensibly, I think these games are sort of interesting because I think they're games about games. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say. But it's like, the game is finding out more gameplay. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a cool idea. Just it's a really cool idea, but drip it's feeding you little little bits, bits of fun. Little, little bits of fun. Um, oh, what what's another cookie clicker? That was one cookie clicker. I never played it. Um, I, again, ostensibly, but bit, the mechanically it's clicking. Yeah. But it is about much more complicated things than that, and it becomes more complicated as you play. But great games. Um, link in the description if you want to play. Wow. Dark Dark Room's free. Um, cool. I might look that up. I'm uh, gonna look up Reigns as well. Um, I'm gonna have a wee, have a wee go. I think uh, Reigns is modern and very interesting, and I think it has that aspect of uh, more mechanics open up the longer you play. Right. And that's it's just something I find very interesting. Like as someone who's quite nerdy about how games function mm. in your brain and how they make you feel psychologically and how they mechanically function. Like I, I really like it when it's a game that like tricks you into thinking it's about one thing and then it's suddenly about another thing. Yeah. Um, and unfolding games have this wonderful way of doing it. Great video by the Extra Credits team. Did you ever watch Extra Credits? Extra Credits? No, not heard of them. Oh man, 100% recommended. They, they're they a team of sort of like games developers and games artists mm-hmm. and they just do some really interesting videos about how games work. Cool. Yeah, and great. So watch that video, play a dark room. All right. Um, not only you, Patrick, but every. Our all of show our notes are just well. going to be jam packed this week of oh, games to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys are going to be busy. Um, yeah, so that's that's been good. Um, those are my that, my game experiences. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I like mobile games. I just never like, I never played them for that long. The one that I played for the longest was a, uh, what's it called? Punch Club. Punch which Club. I absolutely loved it rings a bell so do remind me um it is essentially just a, a boxing simulator mm-hmm. uh but it's you know you you live the life of this of this guy uh he you start in a crappy little apartment it's a bit like Rocky. yes yes i know yeah, this one. and you have to train up your different skills you can become different a different type of fighter i think it was first a mobile game mm-hmm. uh i played it on on uh on mobile i really liked it it would be something i'd play on the bus you just build up your skills yeah uh you 
you you know you forge relationships with other fighters and you have to basically go to work to earn money uh, so that you can afford to enter more competitions and buy training equipment mm-hmm. and there's all these little nods to like other like um, to to uh, 80s action movies you know you deliver pizza you get into fights with uh, not the Ninja Turtles but they're like alligators in the streets <laughs> uh, you go to Russia to fight a, a guy who's not Zangief from Street Fighter right and you have to train by fighting like a grizzly bear it's, it's fantastic it's all little 8-bit pixels the music's amazing it's uh, it's it's very good. I really enjoyed that. Is the music eighties esque? It's it's eighties esque. It's like a sort of it's a again a not rocky soundtrack. Mm. It's a very like knockoff, but it knows it's knockoff, and it's it's all it's like eight bit music as well. So it's uh, it's just this is what I like. I think well, self awareness in these things helps. It's very self aware. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good. I I like it. Yeah, uh, but like uh, as I say, like other mobile games, I uh, people uh, got really hyped over Hitman Go. For a while, it's I've, a, a I've not even game. heard of this one. It's good. Uh, Square Enix bring out, uh, you know, a little puzzle game every year based on one of their properties. They brought out a Hitman one, which yeah. is very good. It looks lovely. It's like it, basically it's a, it's a it's like a board game. Mm-hmm. So all the characters like are like little Sabutio men. Oh yeah. So it's like Hitman is like in a little pose, a little Sabutio guy. There's guys patrolling. It's turn based. So you'll move a space, and a guy will move to his patrol. Right. You have to basically get to the end of the level, uh, before well, you know without being caught. And there's little traps you can you can kick off. Uh, there's you know guards will change up their uh, patrols depending on you can throw rocks mm-hmm. to distract people. And of course it's hit by a game. You got to assassinate people, but there's not really like any animations. It's just like uh, marker. It's just like playing with little uh, Warhammer figures. Yeah, yeah. So the animation is Hitman like. Moves up to him and just knocks the figure over, and you win. And it just looks—it looks really nice. It looks like a like that sounds like a cross between like a almost a puzzle game and a tactical RPG. It is. It's really odd. It is. I recommend it. It's um. I got. I mean, I got bored of it fairly quickly, but visually, I was like really into it. Yeah. But um, as I said, not very good at games. I was like, <laughs> it's, it's difficult. I'm just gonna stop playing. I'm gonna stop now. Just so I can't do it. No. So yeah. Um. But mobile games, dude. Um. Yeah. It's. I think I think we've got to the end of the period where people automatically pour scorn on mobile they get, games. They got a bad rep for a long time because uh, again, shovelware. It was it yeah. was the home of shovelware. Yeah. It was, oh, you got a crap game? Stick it on mobile for sixty nine pence. Someone mm-hmm. will buy it. And then also it was the home of microtransactions. Yeah, microtransactions. Is your game running too slow because we designed it that way? Here, pay a tenner and you can get it to run a little it's, bit faster. It's just so annoying because when it's like. Uh, Microtransactions aren't inherently bad, mm-hmm. and I, I can hear the internet collectively screaming right now. But I don't think h- they hear are. me out. They used to come from a very honest place. Yeah, I think. Well, it's like it shouldn't be a bad thing. Like you know, um, it, it should be a way that like a developer can still make money out of their their property. And to enhance gamer experience, mm-hmm. but it doesn't so much. So much it's realized in a sort of vampiric way that the game will offer you enough of the experience to let you know what a true experience would be like. Yeah. But then you can only actually get that true experience through microtransactions. Yeah. Which is not really how it should be done. It's not how it should be done at all. The same. It's the same is true with DLC these days as well. Yeah. I remember. Oh, back in the old days. Back you, in, you'd, back you'd, in you'd, you'd buy a game. It would be a full game, a good like 
you know, like 10 hour game and you complete it, oh, what a ride that was. And then six months down the line, the developer, the publisher would be like, oh, we created a whole new bit of game. If you want, it extends the story. Do you want more game? Do you want more game? You can have it for like 20% of the price of the other game. And you already have it. You just buy it and download it. It was great. What, yeah. what time to be alive that was. It was like ah, when um, Morrowind was like my greatest experience with this. Yeah. I played Morrowind and I dropped like hundreds of hours into the vanilla Morrowind. Yeah. Then they released two more um two more ad- ad- add-on packs. Uh-huh. So it was like a whole new city and like a whole new island. Oh. On the two and it was and then it was like, "Oh, well, I can drop hundreds more into this." Yeah, but it, it just... works cuz they put loads of effort into it. Yeah. Whereas uh a lot of it now is just uh you know, we got some costumes if you want to if you want to buy them for 20 quid. Yeah. So no, I don't <laughs> no no thanks thank you uh, that's, I think that's what's the big problem with uh, uh, Battlefield Star Wars Battlefront yeah yeah I didn't play it I didn't want to play it because I knew like it was just going to be this big mess of just paid paid DLC you'd pay for like four levels uh, again I've not played it though so I can't say hmm. can't say anything although Battlefield 1 I'm quite excited for that I World saw War One fighting. I saw the trailer, um, like the pre-rendered trailer. It doesn't look like World War One at all. It looks really cool. <laughs> it looks really cool. It looks really cool. What is it? Is it? Is it red? Uh, what? What's the song in the background? Oh, it's like it's the white stripes. It's the white stripes cover. I don't. Well, I don't like when they do like weird like rock covers. However, it's good. But it's weird when they announced a, a World War One battlefield game. I was picturing just rotting in the trenches. <laughs> Uh, well, that, no, that would be an accurate battle. I know, World I know. War One game. I mean, I'm sure you could do something with an accurate. Press battle, A battle to field. smoke fag. Yeah. Press A to smoke fag. <laughs> Press B to remove tick. Press X to eat rat. <laughs> <laughs> Trigger button to stop an existential crisis. Yeah. Trigger I mean, button to stop yourself from committing suicide. <laughs> there is apparently a very good World War One game called uh, Val- Valiant Hearts. Valiant Hearts. Did um, you play that? No. I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard so much about it and I need to play it. Like, I actually own it as well. I would like to play it. Should we make that homework for next week? Or next month? That's pretty right. Yeah, Valiant okay. Hearts. Make a note. We could possibly do this because I've heard it's very good. And it could be maybe an accurate World War One game. Like, there was a lot of people talking about it so I think it's maybe worthwhile. Um, so that's definitely a note taken of that. Yeah. Uh, but I, So I think it looks good. It's kind of taking a lot of stuff that was technically invented at that time and just putting it in a game it's like I guess or an alternate universe yeah World War 1 there's a lot there's like a desert level I think there was some desert skirmish going on in World War 1 but it's what it's not very like pronounced yeah. I seem to remember one of the one of the characters in Dad's Army was a veteran of World War 1 but he was like in the desert that's <laughs> like all I know about <laughs> that part of World War 1 is from Dad's Army um, oh, you know what? I really hope that we do have listeners that aren't from from the UK mm-hmm. and who have no idea what Dad's Army is. Well, they should watch Dad's Army. Well, there's going to be a link in the show notes. Yeah, we'll find one. We'll find a <laughs> link to put in the show notes. Dad's Army is great, man. Oh, so good. Do you see the movie? No. Why would you? Well, I don't know. I've not seen it. I just, I you can tell by the trailer. Just, I know exactly what, how it's gonna go. Uh, we could maybe talk about that in a future episode. Okay, uh, world next next episode World War World War One special. special. Although <laughs> uh, Dad's army is World War Two, but maybe just uh, oh, just war. The, the terrible wars. The war special. Although no wars are not terrible. So shall we move on to the topic of the day? 
Uh, topic of the day. Uh, yeah, go on then. Robot Wars. Oh, Robot Wars. A series that I didn't even realise had come back. No, until no, it was suggested to us by one of our good friends. <laughs> I thought, you know what? Let's do it. Still I loved it when I was a child. I loved it when I was a child. I mean, they're going to bring it back. Why wouldn't they? It was work. It was a formula that worked quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was ten years old. I'd rush home on a Friday night, wherever it was. See Craig Charles coked out of his face, <laughs> talking about robots. Um, Sir Killalot was there. Uh, oh, man, I really, really wanted a Sir Killalot like robot. Like, um, like you could, you could buy like toys of them. They were so cool. Cool. Um, but um, before we get too deep into it, okay. There are people who don't know what robots, Robot Wars is or was. Okay, yeah, so Robot Wars, guys, Yeah, uh, is a TV show where uh, robots uh, have wars. I, I don't know. The title is slightly misleading. Like, the yeah. robots don't go to war. Yeah. I mean, that would indicate some level of one AI and some kind of like resource-based Maybe struggle. some level of actual tactics. Um, which is not, it's not what it is at all. No. Um, it's just essentially, so... It's, it was a BBC One programme back in the 90s which pitched amateur and some professional robot builders who would build combat-focused robots within certain parameters to fight each other within an arena. I mean, it um, was a very good idea. It was a very good idea. Yeah. And the arena had traps including fire and spikes and a pit. Um, they had... Special robots called the house robots, house robots, which were allowed to be, I think it was three times the weight. Yeah, they or, were like beasts, monsters. Yeah. They uh, would hide in their corners. Yeah, and they if you got into that house robot's corner. You better watch out because you're getting man- munched. Um, uh, and so these teams would, these teams with the robots would fight each other, and then it would be a league table, and then there would be the best robot. Um, and it would, be, it would have semis and finals, and it would follow, follow the, the general idea of a, a sport. Um, and it had a live audience, um, enormous perspex walls to protect the audience from flying bits of metal. And it was presented by a man named Craig Charles of... Uh, Red Dwarf fame. Red Dwarf fame. If you haven't seen Red Dwarf, this is a, si- uh, a sci-fi comedy, which you should just watch. Link in the show notes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and Craig Charles would present this and there would be a team of judges who were actually like properly qualified. Yeah, like a- like ro- ro- robotics professors. Yeah, robotics and, and AI professors yeah. and stuff. Um, which was, is weird because it wasn't the show wasn't really about the robotics. It was more just about little metal boxes smashing the shit out of each other. Yeah, which is what you really want. Um, but that was that was it, and it was um, for the most part it was amateurish teams who would build a build a, some kind of robot uh, remote controlled robot in their shed with like in uh, their man cave. Yeah, in their man yeah. caves. Oh, that was all the the, the man cave chat yeah. referencing robot wars and the teams who do it. Recently, the BBC has started this show again um, and that's what Patrick and I have watched I don't really know why why they've brought it back I mean I guess there's a new generation of little me's and you's who get really excited about it well, it's true maybe like 10 or 13 so maybe we're not the target audience because I did not I got I was bored um, yeah the, the the nostalgia got me through uh, the first first couple of hours yeah, there's like I mean, you gotta understand each episode is about fifty minutes long. It's a long, long haul. And um, yeah, the nostalgia helped for a little. Well, I mean, the nostalgia did not help with the first episode because the first episode I watched was the weakest one. 
like I, I was really I'm glad the f- episode I watched one, two, and three. How many did you get through? I got through two and a half. Yeah. At, at time of recording, there are five episodes out. Yeah. Um. So we figured we'll just, just see if we can watch them all. Uh, turns out we couldn't. No. <laughs> couldn't I, I handle, could not, could not handle the cringe. Um. It was. It's strange. Like when you're older, I think you see how. I don't know. I don't want to say fake, but like how fake it is. Essentially, what I noticed is um, some sitcoms, Big Bang Theory famously, uses canned laughter. Yeah. I think there's a lot of canned audience reactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a point uh, where in the first episode, Daryl Brain tells a joke. Like It's, post, it's post-match uh, talking to the teams. He tells a wee joke. The audience laughs in a way that you couldn't hear. You wouldn't be able to hear in that little box. And it cuts off way too early. Oh, so it's just... That's when I first noticed it. It's like, applause, applause. It was like, ha, ha, ha. I don't know. I mean, the audience that are there, they all seem very into it. Yeah, they do. They've, uh, got, they've got their big foam fingers. They've got their big foam fingers that the they're pit. probably handed at the door. It's like, yeah. could you wear this, please? We're trying to get people excited about Robot Wars again. <laughs> it's like, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm just... I just was on a night out, mate. It's filmed <laughs> in Glasgow. Did you know that? I didn't know that. It's filmed in a warehouse in Glasgow. We could maybe do Robot Wars live. Oh, we could go to see Robot Wars. Well, I don't want to go see Robot Wars. <laughs> I don't know, man. Get, um, get drunk and watch Robot Wars. Well, maybe that's the key. Um, um, I don't know why that's a criticism. <laughs> and um, I don't know. Like, it just, it just didn't grasped me I didn't expect it to grasp me I was like let's watch, watch Robot Wars it'll be a laugh but the first episode it was just, I just figured like this is this is not not for me some of the teams are just kind of just like very awkward 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 people yeah they just sit in their mind caves all day build robots and then they get on national television and they're not equipped for that at all no um I don't know. There's the first oh, team. Geez. I don't know. Can we can we go into talking about actual real people in a critical way? I feel bad. No, <laughs> don't be critical of them. But you can talk about them in a larger scope. All right. So basically, uh, future serial killers and uh, <laughs> and just I don't know people again who just I think they're put on the spot. A lot of reality I TV. I think that's far more to do with it. It's not. I think it's a lot of reality TV. Let's create a drama. Let's get some dialogue. With people who just really want to get out and show off their robots. Yeah. You know? Um, like, one of the teams in the first episode was wearing really brightly coloured, like... Uh, I, I know the guys. Furry vest with top hats. I was like, come on, lads. Just behave yourself, like, just, just, like, come, like... Every- you're, not on a, you're not on a stag night, and even then... For a first impression, that's the thing, for a first impression of the show, I was like, the rest of the series is going to be like this. I'm not going to watch the rest of it. But I, what, I picked up episode two, and it was fine. It was just regular people you know dressed in just I don't know there's a team of people dressed in lab coats true I was like it's kind of you know it's at least thematic still not really like cool and there's you know it's nice because there's like some families there you know they get yeah. a whole family together build a robot in the family cave in the, fa- uh, <laughs> the fam cave <laughs> but yeah I don't know what did you think about it well I mean there's obviously a lot of nostalgia there because I really did like Robot Wars yeah. when I was a kid like it was a lot of fun me and my mates got into it um and I, I liked how clever it was. It was because like it was some really clever engineering that went into a lot mm-hmm. of it. And I really liked. Um, there was a there was almost a meta attached to it when I remember this first coming out because mm-hmm. no one really knew what the fuck they were doing the first time round. So sure. if you remember, people were just like throwing and seeing what stuck to the wall, and then someone came in with a wedge. 
Oh yeah. And then that flipped everything. And, and then that the absolutely dominated. Yeah. And then all the robots were wedge. And then someone thought, what would be that? And someone came up with the flipper. Yes. I, and then yeah. there was there was a robot called, I think it was Chaos or Chaos 2. Mm-hmm. And then I just had this mad, like really, it was tiny, tiny wee thing, but it had a madly strong uh, CO2 flipper. Mm-hmm. And then that dominated. And then you had robots that could self-write. Had self-writing arms. Uh, well, because sometimes the flippers double. Yeah. If they get flipped, they can just flip back They can back flip over. back. Yeah. And then you had stuff, more unique tools that came in, like Razor, who was in the first episode. But he absolutely dominated in the originals. Well, that's the thing. They've brought back old robots, which I appreciate. I appreciate that. Because I think it's for people like me and you, who are out of curiosity. It's like, oh, Robot Wars, let's watch it again. Yeah. It's like, I remember Behemoth. I remember Razor. But that's yeah. that's what that's really I liked originally was like to see the meta sort of develop. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know this at the time, but that's what I found very exciting. Yeah, um, the development of new techniques and how those techniques would be uh, beaten and then new techniques would be found. Mm. That was great. Um, I don't know if this is going to happen again. Yeah, I feel like they might have plateaued in terms of battle robot design because I don't know if you'd know this, but. People have been doing Robot Wars off of television since the show finished. Yeah, I did know that. Like, I don't, I don't know where you could go to watch it, but seeing that in the fifteen or so years since the show ended, that designs haven't really developed very far, mm-hmm. doesn't really give me much hope for. I don't know, unless I mean, there was actually the crazy team of Fuzzy Jacket people. They had just a robot that just span around, yeah, with like nunchucks or whatever and smashed <laughs> things. But it was like a. I mean, that's just, you know, trying something new. Yeah. But obviously it didn't work. No, it didn't. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. The commentator annoys the crap out of me as well. I think yeah, when I was That was like, part of it though. I, it's part of it, but now, it, well, at first I was like, this is annoying, but then uh, yeah, I, got, I got used to it. Episode three, like the stuff he was saying was quite funny. He's like, oh, I have nightmares about this robot every night of my life. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shut up. Come on. Come on, mate. Come on, Dad, put down the cider. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of that accent, right? Did you see the 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 like in the lads who'd built a robot out of wood? No. And they were they were literally like a bunch of students from like Dundee, like, oh, I just ran out of time and money, so we just uh, bought some uh, MDF around our robot's frame. They lasted like one round. They got smashed to bits because who makes a robot out of wood? <laughs> and then the, that's what I liked the most because it was like, oh, we just uh, just had some wood. <laughs> that's great. Representing the Scots people <laughs> with your wooden robot. <laughs> if if you haven't, you should watch that little bit because it is it is, that really it is funny. top quality. That is my favorite. I think it was worth. Getting through those episodes just for that, like, to entertain me greatly. Um, I liked Daryl Breen as a host. But I feel he's overused on telly, though. I uh, see him a lot. He is a bit of the sort of BBC's darling, isn't he? Yeah, he's a science guy as well. Which, I mean, he is a... He's the, he's no, a, he's he's a, a funny science guy, because it's yeah. Brian Cox who's the science guy. Oh, imagine if Brian Cox did Robot Wars. That would be really cool, actually. Yeah, let's do that. Come on, BBC. Come on, BBC. Bring in Brian Cox. Actually... Brian Cox and Dara Breen. Well, they do the... Not the Sky at Night. Uh, well, they do. It's, it's still the Sky at Night. Just uh, Patrick Moore's dead. So yeah, he's They replaced dead. it with um, those two. 
Yeah. Because but, no one no one man could truly no, no. take the mantle. They gotta get two. How could you? No. How could you be that mental and that clever at the same time? You gotta get a clever person and a mental person. Don't <laughs> yeah. you? And just hope it goes well. Um but yeah, just with you saying the stuff about like uh, how it's reality TV esque and it's like, oh we're gonna put these people who are completely not media trained mm-hmm. and, and not even not media trained but not really that socially inept either yeah I mean I think there is gonna be a Venn di- like a Venn diagram and overcross where you get people who really love building robots in their shed uh-huh. and people who are good at talking to people yeah but I think that's gonna be a fairly small overlap I think for the most yeah. part your people who like building robots in a shed aren't that great at talking to people well that's probably how you Come, came to be building robots in your shed. Exactly. Not and I to feel generalise, I feel that is a very No, that's what I'm saying. Say I'm not that. saying that at all. I'm just saying like that. Yeah, I feel there's an amount of that. And I feel that like, there was a, just an amount of reality TV, a, an amount of almost coolification that they tried to do in it. Like yeah. sticking the mic in like these guys' faces and like while they're working and like trying to make it really exciting and like doing jump cuts and stuff. Yeah, as if it's like, like the WWE. Like, like no, no, this is Robot Wars, man. These guys are supposed to be f- nerdy. Mm. They're supposed to be nerdy and weird, and like they they don't really care about the competition. They don't really care who wins. Wins. They just want to build robots and have fun. Yeah. With the other guys, there's no real competition here. And it's like yeah, <laughs> it's nice to it is cool to see like people just having a fun time. I wish it was kind of just more of that. Yeah. Like saying, oh, so like tell us about your robot. Yeah. And they go, well, it's uh, it's got a CO2 flavor and it uh, spins around and there's all these. And they're like, oh, cool, nice one, man. Yeah, but they, it's, not, it's like, what are you going to do today? I know. To destroy the competition. It's like, well, we're just going to go out there and give that a go. Do our best, I guess. Um, all right, awesome, guys. Let's move on to this. Because it's like, I feel if they like, asked them, like, yeah, tell us about the flipper, mm-hmm. they would like be able to talk about that forever. Mm-hmm. And it'd be brilliant listening to these guys who are like so enthusiastic about it. Yeah. But instead, it's like, I don't know. Weirdly enough, I think my criticism, I think, is too combat focused. Robot yeah. Wars is too combat for okay, focused, okay. you know? It's like, they should be a lot... Almost like, uh, do you remember Scrap Heap Challenge? Yeah, bring back Scrap Heap Challenge. Well, at the start, at, I remember at the start of Scrap Heap Challenge, like the early ones, uh-huh. it was very much focused on design and the sort of like uh, scientific and engineering aspects of things. Yeah. And then towards the end, it was much more to do with like, what's race. exciting, the goofy, yeah. the goofy nonsense. Aye. And it's like... No, what made it good was the fact that you're talking to these really clever, really talented people about what they're clever and talented about. Yeah. If and there that, was more of the aspect of documenting documenting the build the robot. Yeah. Like, I, the bits that I actually liked were the cutaways, the little uh, montages where we go to their house. Yeah. And be like, what do you have to do? 35, live in a man cave, and build the robots. <laughs> uh, this is has got an axe. Um, it kind of can crush a tile. Uh, better than any man could um, you know I like those bits because they were Aye. just it just showed you the person behind it you showed you them kind of tinkering on the robot a little bit Aye. I don't like the big arena you know where they're all kind of in this cold looking space yeah. and I mean I suppose that's the pit stop because the arena's right next door but if there's more of sort of like six months ago we went to visit David in his, his West End flat where he is building Crush-Otron 3000 <laughs> Uh, and here's how he got to where he is today. I think that would be fun. Yeah. It's a different. It's. I don't necessarily necessarily think the format that worked in the nineties works now. Well, it, the thing is, because I've not watched the old ones in comparison, so I don't know if my brain's just edited out the bits I didn't like. Mm, yeah, that's to leave yeah. something better. Because I I do remember it being way more nerdy. 
I remember it being way more, like way less cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying it's cool now, but I'm saying it's edited in such a way that it wants to be cool. Yeah, I think that's very much what it feels the, like. The BBC it was trying do that way now. too hard. They do that kind of Apprentice style. Appr- uh, yes, you yeah. know, it's it's, it's exactly very it's very that. BBC now. BBC that that sounds like that actually sounds like a BB, uh, one of the early digital channels. BBC, BBC tried to. Do. We're BBC now. Come on, watch this weird documentary. Press the red button and we'll teach you about heart disease. No. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Robot Wars. Um, it's nice that they're trying it again. Yeah. Probably the nostalgia thing, and it's a bit cringy as well. I think it's just the way it's edited, though. Like we said, people just aren't really well equipped to. I think it's the the, the editing far more, the editing in the format far more than the people. This is why I was like, I was a bit okay with you, like wading into these people. It's like I don't <laughs> think it, I don't actually think it's them. No. But it does. Like, I think it's that makes the people look like yeah. That it makes them look like weird social shut-ins, and it's uh-huh. like, look, man. Sometimes you get people who want to sit in a shed and build robots, and that's totally cool. Aye. Um, and they probably like, have a you, really nice fucking real elder brood in there as well. I know. <laughs> and they and you know if you talk to them without like shoving a microphone in their face and making them talk like a fucking footballer. Then yeah. they'll actually be able to, you know, tell you some really interesting shit about, like, I don't know, how the servos and their their machine work. Yeah. And, like, that's what I would like. I would get like them kids to just... interested in building robots Rather so than... we can get to Mars and stop playing unrealistic space sims. My name's Mutant Bill. <laughs> and when I'm not eating skulls, I like to listen to my good friends, Patch and Ross. For me, it was an educational thing as well. It got me excited about how it worked. Whereas yeah. now, it just feels like it's far more focused on being big and flashy. Yeah. Well, a lot of the contestants come on. It's like, oh, I watched Robot Wars when I was a kid, and I really wanted to build a robot and go on Robot Wars. So I'm glad you brought it back because I spent five grand on this robot. <laughs> <laughs> Doing nothing with it. Um, so yeah. So I think, well, you know, we never know. As we say, we're probably not the target audience. It's true. It might get kids interested in robotics also they might change the editing style and I mean it can mm-hmm. happen I mean it's only five episodes in yeah uh, although they do a really interesting thing where halfway through the episode Dario O'Brien will talk to the guest scientist about robotics it's true it's true and there's that was good I really liked yeah, that yeah that was good you know so more of that when they spoke to oh, the, the judge the guy who was in the original ones yeah because Dario O'Brien yeah. he was like so what's actually changed and the guy like just went in and he was like, oh yeah, all the electrons are smaller, they're more powerful. And it's just yeah. like, wow, really fascinating. I was, waiting, I was waiting for him to be like, so what's changed? Oh, just the wedges are sharper. <laughs> Better wedges. <laughs> Better wedges, mate. <laughs> um, but my hope is like, I think they will understand they can change stuff. Because mm-hmm. like, look when Doctor Who first came out. When, Why, when it first came out again? When it first came okay, out again. Yeah. Like, the first bit of that, the first series, was so different thematically from the rest of them. Yeah. Because they were like, right, we need to adapt and learn what works mm-hmm. and do what works. So I hope they'll do that. Or maybe they'll find out the flashy and terrible does work. Well, and they'll just keep doing that, yeah. and that would be really sad. Uh, well, you know, whatever works. Mm. Whatever brings in the license payers' money. Yeah. Whatever brings in those view stats. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, just because uh, we all pay license TV license yeah we so all the BBC pay can TV pay for this obviously. stuff so I feel it's our duty to report on it uh, that's true tell them it's shit <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's grade A total shit but nah it's, it's not shit it's just I'd, uh, again I think it's a combination of factors I think it's yeah. I don't think we're the target audience anymore 
Yeah. I think they've changed the editing style from the way we were comfortable with, and it's changed into an editing style that I think both of us personally just don't really like. Yeah. It doesn't mesh with us. Um, but however, that might just be a subjective opinion. I don't think it's as good as the originals. No, but then again, neither of us have watched the originals to since compare, they were out. So. But I don't think we necessarily have to. No. Yeah. I don't really want to. Yeah. Maybe we should get like a 12-year-old in here. And be like, what do you think of Robot Wars? Oh, can that be like our, um, that can be our resident expert. <laughs> hey, you're young and cool. <laughs> Want to come to our man cave? <laughs> you have a can of innocent gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that won't make the papers. <laughs> no, what we should do is just like have, have a 12-year-old. Because like, I don't know if you've got any cousins or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. like get them to like send us a Snapchat. <laughs> and that can be what we put on okay yeah well we'll, (laughs) that can be our resident expert for the next time we're reviewing something that's meant for kids yeah we'll go on now to uh, our resident expert on snapchat yeah okay cool alright no problem Um, I'll need to get snapchat yeah because I am old so will I yeah Um, well well would you go outside to watch I mean you don't have to because it's on BBC but would you if if if, uh, if, I, had, if I had two tickets yeah. to go see Robot Wars no that's a different thing no that's a different thing because I different would definitely go outside go to see, see Robot Wars live I would go outside to see Robot Wars <clears throat> so but, if I took the so if I took our little our little box TV mm-hmm. out of our vault yeah I said Robin I'm taking the TV outside to get some fresh air I'm going to watch Robot Wars do you want to come would you step outside into the wasteland no I'd leave you I'd leave you to die. Yeah. I'd not go outside for Robo Wars. See, what I'm really doing is putting the TV outside so I don't have to watch Robo Wars again. Yeah. And I'm shutting the vault and I'm hoping that the mutants find it and smash the TV to bits. <laughs> smash the Robot Wars to bits. Yeah. And they maybe build their own robot out of the TV. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know how robotic developments have gone outside the vault for a long time, so... Yeah. I mean, there could... There, I mean, there could be way better robots Maybe Sir robot Killalot is waiting out there. Maybe. Being like, remember me... To be, I would I would royally shit myself if I saw Sir Kevin I never forgot you baby <laughs> like, I've been waiting all these years <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Sir Killalot uh, uh, the, but yeah no it's cool to see the house robots uh, it was but like that nostalgia hit just went away after uh, uh, you know um, anyway yeah so that was um, that was episode 2 of Don't Go Outside yeah um, we've got Twitter now Oh yeah, we set up a Twitter. Um, I'm learning how to use Twitter. So am I. It's, uh, so follow us. We'll start uh, using hashtags and going ats and underscores and, and making Talking that work. Talking to celebrities. Out. Yeah, we'll maybe tag a celebrity. Well, maybe we'll get Daryl Breen on. We can, ha- we can tag him in our Robot Wars chat. Be like, See if we could get Daryl Breen and Craig Charles in the same room. Maybe make them fight in a pit. <laughs> <laughs> My money's on Dara. Yeah, I mean, he's massive. He's a big guy. He's a big guy, although Craig Charles has that coke rage. <laughs> Is he really on coke? He was for a long time. He got fired off Carnation Street. All uh, right. Yes, look it up no, uh, in the show notes. In our... <laughs> no, I, what, that'll def- that's a definitely Daily Mail yeah. article that I'm going to be linking there. It's going to be in the show notes. Anyway. Um, our, yeah, so enjoy our plethora of show notes. I know, I like writing them. Yeah, cool. I enjoy... Uh, well, actually, I haven't read them. So tweet us, <laughs> um, tweet us at Denny Goat. Yeah, Denny Goat. Um, well, the spelling of that will also be on the show notes. Yeah, I couldn't get Don't Go Out. I know. It's weird. Isn't it? I prefer Denny Goat to be honest. It's good. Well, I mean, we are from 
from, from, from the land of Scott. From the land of Scott. Scotland. Land of Scott. Alright, so yeah, uh, follow us on Denny Goot. Um, I think that's really all you can do. Subscribe. You can email us if you want. Yeah, we've got an email. Um, DGO podcast at gmail.com. That's good. If you have any thoughts, if you disagree about Robot Wars and you fucking love it, I actually to be, to see if you're an evangelical fan of Robot Wars, please do. If you're a Daryl O'Brien or Craig Charles, yeah, definitely want to organise a sort of street fight. I mean, <laughs> come on. Um, but up? yeah, subscribe, listen to our podcast, tweet about us, tell all your friends. That would be really good for us. And um, until then, don't don't go outside. Don't go outside. There could be killer robots. It could be Sir Killalot and Matilda yeah. doing robot sex stuff. Oh, do you want to see that? That's definitely a thing. Uh, oh, you don't need to go outside for that. Just go on the internet. Don't go outside. There could be Robot Wars. Rule 34. Rule, rule 34. Happening. Is it 43 or 34? 34. 34. I found this cool vault full of... <laughs> found this totally fucking found dank vault. <laughs> found a vault full of the dankest memes <laughs> from 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Harambe's in there. Oh man. Uh, we found Harambe's corpse. <laughs> <laughs>